Alright, so this podcast series is People You Should Know. Alright, my name is Mahali. I am 20, about to be 21 years old. I go DWU, Dakota Western University, and I play football. My guest for this episode, podcast episode, will be my father, Marlon Lee. Alright, so we'll just start off with you telling me a little bit about yourself. gonna ask you a few questions uh just get to know you a little bit and just hear what you have to say about some things um first question is uh you said you have four kids what what was it like raising four kids uh it was hard at times only because um just financially you know i wasn't always or you know your your mom and i weren't always as financially stable as we wanted to be so it was it was tough in that aspect at times but i mean i I love having a big family and i love you know you guys having each other and stuff so that that the only hard part of it was just financially what is something that kind of like helped you get through those hard times with us as a family uh honestly having support from my parents My, my parents uh, we're, we're huge supporters of us. Um, I mean, sometimes financially, but just just having our backs, you know, no matter what, even when we were struggling in our relationship, you know, just having their support. Um, but they, they did help us out financially as well at times. But that's what, in my opinion, that's what family's for, so. Alright, well, you mentioned that, obviously, Grammy and Papa, your parents, have supported you. So, what was it like growing up for you with them as parents and just kind of what it was like growing up for you in general? Oh, man. <laughs> growing up, it was, uh, it was fun, man. You know, because I, obviously, I got two older brothers. Um, you know, and then with, with Uncle Coco, you know, he's only two years ahead of me. So, a lot of his friends were my friends also. Um, but I mean, just growing up, we, we spent a lot of time with, 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 with our cousins and our aunts and uncles and stuff. And, you know, just a lot of family time, like every Sunday, we, you know, we'd go down to Buckeye and, and, uh, see mommy and grandma Cashy and all of our cousins and stuff that were down to Buckeye and just spend a lot of family time. But, you know, when we weren't down there or as we got older into high school and stuff, it was, it was always friends were at the house. You know, we had an open door policy. You know, friends would just walk in and they called Grammy and Papa, Mom and Dad, just like we did, you know, and and uh, then they became our family. You know what I'm saying? They, they became mm-hmm. the brothers and sisters along with our cousins. Um, you know, and everybody always thought that, that we were rich because, you know, we had a big house and, you know, Grammy and Papa were always dress nice and that sort of thing but I mean the fact of the matter is is we weren't rich you know we we weren't poor but we weren't rich you know Grammy and Papa just knew how to handle their money you know that's all it was but yeah it was it was it was good growing up we didn't 
we weren't, you know, Grammy, you know how Grammy was, you know, we weren't able to do a lot of the things that our friends were doing, but she was just overprotective, but, uh, you know, as, as long as we were at the house, we were good, you know, so, but it, it was good, I, I had a good childhood. So, growing up with two older brothers, were like, was there a lot of competition with sports and like just growing up, just normal things that kids would be doing? Was there any competition? Um, I don't. I don't think there was necessarily competition. Uh, I would say I I enjoyed it because I, I think it made me a better athlete playing with kids that were older than me all the time. Um, but between the brothers, there wasn't any competition. I mean, we all. Like Uncle Mike was an offensive lineman, you know. Uncle Coco was a, was a fullback, and I played quarterback and running back. So it wasn't. I mean, it wasn't like we were playing the same positions as far as football goes, you know. And then with basketball, um, you know, Uncle Mike was a five, Coco was a four. I was more of like a three and a four, you know. So it wasn't. There wasn't necessarily competition, but I, I think you know, just playing against Uncle Coco's friends and Uncle Mike's friends. You know, made me a better athlete, and then those two are already good athletes. You know, so uh, there wasn't competitiveness between us. wasn't with each other. It was just because we were competitors. Does that make sense? Yeah, I get what you're saying. That's that's kind of what I was trying to get out of that question. Not really like like really a competition, but just like just you guys being competitors. Like, was there any like I don't really know how to say like was it like good competition? Not like trying to out. I kind of like outwork one another, but just trying to push each other at the same time. Yeah, yeah, no, we didn't. It wasn't. It wasn't necessarily um, trying to outwork each other. Uh, we just like to. We just like to compete. Yeah. Like Uncle Uncle Coco and I, we would we would play one on one basketball with, with a Nerf hoop. You know, we'd either nail it up on the wall or or go tape it up in the garage and. And we play one on one basketball, you know, with with a nerf hoop. It was just it was just having something to do to be competitive. You know, that's a we'd race each other up the stairs, you know, just yeah. stuff like that. Just just competing to, to compete. Just being competitors is all it was. Yeah. So was there at any point that all three of you guys played on the same team at the same time? No. No, there wasn't. Because uh, by the time I got by the time I got into high school with football, um, so my sophomore year, so obviously Uncle Mike is about six years older than me. Yeah. Um, so he wasn't even, he graduated high school and I was still in, in, in elementary school. Yeah. But, uh, you know, Uncle Coco was a senior my sophomore year, but by that time he was done with football because, you know, he didn't like go track and hire. Exactly. Um, so he was done with football by that time. But if he had been playing his senior year, I got moved up to varsity my sophomore year. So we would have been on the same team at that time. But no, then uh, during basketball season, I, I you know I played JV and he was on varsity. So okay, yeah, we we never played on the same team. All right, yeah, I got you. So uh, just talking about high school, what was it like for you in high school, sports wise, academic wise? You know, honestly, freshman year, academically, I struggled. Um, and it was just, it wasn't that I couldn't do the work. It was just that I was lazy. You know, that at the end of the day, that's all it boils down to. I was just lazy my freshman year. Um, but, I mean, other than that, like, I, 
high school was the greatest time of my life. Um, you know, just being at the school that I was at, playing the position that I played, you know, I was friends with everybody, all walks of life. I mean, we, you know, the athletes or, you know, the jocks or the, the nerds or whatever you want to call them, uh, the stoners, you know, we, uh, when in our time, the stoners, had, it wasn't about smoking weed. It was, they were cigarette smokers that were, <laughs> It was, it was so it was crazy back back in the day. Um, they actually could smoke on campus as long as they were out in the parking lot. That's wild. <laughs> That's wild. So so the stoners, you know, back by the pool, back by the seven hundred building at the high school, they would they would go in that parking lot back there and smoke. And that um, was allowed. Like they were, the yeah. school was okay with that. Yeah. 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 That's wild. I did not know that. Um, yeah. So, I, but I was friends with all walks of life. The, the stoners. The 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 geeks or nerds, the, the jocks. I mean, I was friends with everybody. So, I mean, it was high school was a blast, man. I mean, you already know about the school spirit that was yeah. there and all that stuff. So, I mean, high school was a blast for me. It's just my freshman year. I was just super, super lazy in the classroom. So it reflected later on in, in, in my high school years. Yeah. So what was it, what was high school like for you football wise? Uh, it was great, man. It was it was great being being the, the quarterback of one of the best teams in the state. Um, you know, it was just a lot of fun. You know, you know, cactus football players are are you know what make make the school run. You know, which I'm sure it's like that at other schools too. The football players set the tone for the whole year. Um, but it, it was great, man. It was it was great to have you know to have people that that looked up to you but it wasn't because it wasn't because they put you on a pedestal per se but just because of who you are does that make sense like yeah. I wasn't uh, no, nobody viewed me as a god or anything like that but it was just the respect of who I who I was um and my position on the team you yeah. know what I'm saying exactly um, I get what you're saying yeah so it wasn't I mean the, the crazy thing is I can remember my JV year I mean, obviously, I was a gifted athlete, you know, um, a really gifted athlete, uh, highest recruited player in the state my senior year, um, you know, getting letters from colleges from all over the country until the, my knee injury. But I can remember my sophomore year where we're getting ready to, to load the bus to go over to play Cortez. And, uh, you know, a couple of my teammates are asking for my autograph, you know, and I never even I never even really thought about it until my senior year when my knee injury happened like man like the sky was the limit for me you know what I'm saying yeah but and it, it wasn't everything everything happens for a reason man so my my knee injury I mean to this day I don't know what the reason is but there's there's a reason why I hurt my knee you know what I'm saying and yeah. and the only thing that I can look at is you know, chances are I probably would have gone to University of Nebraska. You know, go Big Red. But I would have been there with, you know, Lawrence Phillips. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And and chances are we would have been really good friends with me playing either quarterback or running back. I would have been there with, you know, Tommy Frazier and, and Brooke Berenger. Exactly. And, you know, Brooke Berenger, you know, you know, died in a in a helicopter crash. Mm-hmm. You know, like what if I what if I would have been on a helicopter? You know what I'm saying? Or Yeah, just just, you know, just I, I, a lot of what ifs. Right. You know, and I, I could have been friends with Lawrence Phillips. Well, you know, he he ended up, you know, 
being psychotic, basically. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like running people over in the park that are playing a pickup football game. You know, I mean, there's just so many things that could happen. But, you know, God, God has reasons for what he does, and, and I, I, I don't question it. Yeah. So, like, being one of the top recruited players in the state of Arizona, did you really get – you said, like, your your teammates asked you for autographs and stuff, but, like, was there more, like, popularity outside of just high school? Like, did people recognize you around the state? Like, just stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they did. Um, you know, I wasn't – you know, to this day, like, I don't drink, I don't smoke. You know what I'm saying? I did even then. But, you know, we'd go to, to house parties or whatever and – you know, people would always make sure that Marwin had a glass of milk. You know, like, they'd make sure that there was going to be milk at the party if Marwin was coming. Yeah. You know? Um, but, like, we'd go to the mall, and, you know, people from other other schools would be there, and, you know, people, you know, would recognize me. Hey, Marwin, what's up? And, you know, hey, great game last weekend or whatever, and I'd have no idea who it was. You know what I'm saying? It was, yeah. it was, uh, it was, uh, strange at times. But also made you feel good, if that yeah. makes sense. No, I feel it sounds like the movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, kind kind of like that, you know, kind of like that. Yeah. Now, that's one thing that your mom would say it was uh, she felt like she was dating a celebrity at times. <laughs> that's cool. I like that. That's cool. Um, so you said you would have gone to Nebraska. Yeah, it was if... either so. Nebraska, like, I was getting letters from all over the place, you yeah. know, every single day. Um, but Nebraska's my all-time favorite, you know, so that that was where I wanted to go. Um, University of Hawaii had come out and, and watched me work out and stuff, and so I was in contact with them. But I was on the phone every single week with uh, Oregon State and Wyoming. So those, those were probably my top four choices, obviously, um, up until I, I hurt my knee, and then I had yeah. to go the JUCO route. So, when when you hurt your knee, I know that's kind of a touchy subject for you, and we've had this conversation multiple times. But like, how how did it affect you at that time, and how do you look back on it now? Like, just would you have gone into the situation differently, or would you handled like just the, mentally going through the injury? Would you handled it any differently, or no? Um... Let me see. So when I hurt my knee, first game of the season, second quarter, um, you know, like the, from, from what I was told, University of Arizona scouts were at the game. Um, I don't know if that's true or not because I, I I hadn't spoken to to any of uh, anyone down there, but I heard they were at the game. Um, so I continued to try to play uh, with a torn ACL. You know, we did everything we could. We got. You know, second, third, fourth opinion. You know, everybody's still saying, yeah, the ACL's torn. Um, you know, we, well, I, they fitted me for a brace, you know, that I could wear. You know, they were saying, you know, even, even if an 18-wheeler drove on top of the brace, it wouldn't bend or break or anything. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, we'd wrap my knee as, as, as tight as possible. But, you know, when there's no ACL, there's nothing keeping your knee in place. So I had no ACL and... Um, so at, by the time I had surgery, they I had completely tore my ACL, and I had uh, they took out ninety five percent of my meniscus, so there was nothing holding my knee in place. Um, I can remember 
during the game, I dropped back for a pass, and, you know, my knee just buckled on me, yeah. you know, or there was one time when, you know, at the end of the quarter, we're going over to the sideline, I dropped my mouthpiece, I planned to pick it up, and my knee gives out on me, because there was no, there was no ligament or anything in there holding it in place to keep it sturdy, yeah. um, so I, I was, I was still trying to play, you know, Coach Frank and I was, you know, we had decided that, you know, uh, we were still trying to get me a, a college scholarship out of the situation. So, you know, we, we, we kept trying to play, but, you know, looking back on it, I may not have. Um, but, I mean, shit, at the time I was – whoops, sorry. At the time I was <laughs> 16, you know. Um, I was – well, actually, yeah, I was I was, I was was 16, you know, just, just a, a baby, really, yeah. you know. So, I mean, it, and contemplated suicide, you know what I'm saying, uh, you know, because, you know, f- football was life. You know what I'm saying, and mm-hmm. and uh, you know I had dreams of playing in the NFL and all that stuff. So just being immature, you know, at the age of 16, not knowing how to handle adversity and stuff like that, just you know, contemplated suicide, and, and you know, luckily didn't attempt or anything like that. But definitely the, the thoughts crossed my mind, like what else is there to live for if, if I can't yeah. play football? But definitely, definitely immature way of thinking. Um, but looking back on it, I, I wouldn't have done anything differently. Uh, you know, as as the captain and leader of the team, you know, still trying to lead my quote-unquote troops into battle. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, there, there's, there's uh, I want to say respect, you know, for people that play injured. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, probably... I mean, it, I don't think it made things any worse. I was still gonna, regardless if I if I had surgery the day after I hurt my knee, if I had surgery when I ended up having surgery, it, I couldn't have done any more damage to my knee. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So, no, nah, I don't. I don't think I would have handled it any differently. So you said you played JUCO, and did you end up going anywhere after JUCO? Yeah. So crazy thing is, is um, sitting at sitting at the house. Uh, probably a week out of knee surgery and uh, Coach Kirsting and Coach Bell, who I'm actually still good friends with to this day, uh, ring the doorbell. And um, obviously I can't get up to get the door, so Papa got up to get the door. And, and I could hear, you know, hey, is Marwin home? And yeah, he's in here, come on in. And shit, Coach Bell and, and uh, Coach Kirsting walk in and sit down and ask me how I'm doing and say, hey, you know, we know situation and everything but you know we'd love for you to come be a gaucho over at Glendale Community College with us so I mean that just changed my whole mindset you know what I'm saying like because you know at the time back in the back in those days and I mean even up until they cut football GCC is one of the best JUCO programs in the country mm-hmm. you know so to have the head coach and the, the defense coordinator who actually coach Bell is a cactus grad also yeah um you know, to have them come over and I'm sitting there in a huge knee brace from my hip down to my ankle, you know, fresh out of the knee surgery, and they're saying they want me to come be a part of their program, you know, so, like, it's, hey, I get to play football again, let's do it, you know? Exactly. Um, you know, the only the only thing I would have done differently in, in that aspect is I would have redshirted. Uh, I would have redshirted and got bigger, faster, stronger, learned the system, um, but from Glendale Community College, I ended up going to um, Oklahoma Pam State University over in Goodwell, Oklahoma, 
finished up. Uh, I played football and baseball there. Uh, I was a quarterback. Went in as a quarterback, um, but I have, well, I I have um, tennis elbow, which is basically just tendonitis in your elbow. Yeah, I got the same thing. Yep. So um, that, that's from our throwing motion. So you having it is my fault. <laughs> um, so they moved me to uh, a fullback because at the time, at the time, my running back JJ uh, Johnson just had no business being where he was at. Man, the kid was unbelievable. Yeah. Um, um, so they moved me to fullback, and the coach we had. Uh, Pat Poor, he's actually, I think he's still coaching up at the University of Minnesota now, but um, he was, uh, he used to uh, help out with the Kansas City Chiefs and the uh, the uh, Raiders. Well, they were, at the time, they were the Oakland Raiders, I believe, but now the Las Vegas Raiders. But anyway, so we're running their, their style of offense. Uh, I formation, you know, fullback leads, mm-hmm. ISOs, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I'm I'm barely 205, maybe 205, but I'm playing fullback, and I'm having to lead a block on guys that are 235, 240, 250, playing linebacker. So that wasn't fun, you know. <laughs> but so I played I played a quarterback and fullback um, during football, and then I played one season of baseball out there. I was uh. I was third base, shortstop, and second baseman on the baseball team, which, you know, I think we've talked about this before also. You know, I, I love baseball, and sometimes I wonder if I should have gone that route instead yeah. of playing football. But So, yeah, I did, I did at least get to play one season of, of baseball while in college. So did uh, baseball in college help you have a chance at the pros at least or, like, anything like that? Well, actually, with football, because um, like I talked about JJ just a minute ago, the kid, kid was unbelievable. Um, and then we had an offensive lineman uh, who actually came to us from the University of Cal. Because, you know, at the, at the NCAA, they do uh, random drug tests. Yeah. And uh, he got busted for steroids. So, And I, I don't know exactly how he ended up in the middle of nowhere in Oklahoma, but I'm glad he did. Because uh, with those two guys... We actually got to work out for uh, the Seattle Seahawks and uh, the San Francisco 49ers um, came and came and worked us out. So I actually got to work out in front of a couple of NFL scouts. So that was that was pretty cool. Yeah. And then um, with baseball, uh, my baseball coach, Brian Test, has some type of connection in Kansas City. Um, and he set it up for one summer where I had an opportunity to go play for the Kansas City Monarchs, who was the uh, first ever um, African-American uh, baseball team. Yeah. So I had an opportunity to go play for the Kansas City Monarchs, uh, but I didn't go. I, I came back to Arizona that summer to uh, spend time with my girlfriend, which I should have I should have gone to see you know, what would happen with the Kansas City Monarchs. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and you know, we've, we've had these conversations just doing things that you know we don't live with what ifs you yeah. know what i'm saying so and, and that's a that's a what if that i live with every day of my life i mean back then i was what 21 maybe 21 22 um you know i had a chance to 
to go play. And at, at the time, I didn't understand the Kansas City Monarchs' first ever, you know, all African American baseball team, and I didn't understand all that stuff. I just, I just know I wanted to come home and spend time with my girlfriend, you yeah. know. Um, but that's definitely a, a what if that I live with every day of my life. Like, what, what if I would have gone there? What would have happened, you know, if I had gone to to play for those guys? So. That made, that opportunity presented itself, and I, I just, it was knocking on the door, and I didn't open the door. Yeah, I got you, I got you. So, now I'll just ask you some questions about, like, your current life, what you're doing now, and stuff like that, after hearing a little bit of your story. So, what is your career now? Uh, school guidance counselor, high school uh, guidance counselor, and a high school football coach. And I might, I might, uh... My coach girls basketball this year also. Have you coached girls basketball before? I honestly personally don't know. I never never coached girls basketball. I, I've coached boys basketball before. I usually don't try to I, I usually try to stay away from girls because they're so emotional and up and down and <laughs> that's just not You know cute. what I'm saying? I, just, I, just, I, I can I can tell a boy, hey, sit down and shut up, you know? Yeah. But if if you do that to a girl they might start crying on you. You know, yeah. so I just, but uh, so I might I might try girls basketball this year. I'm I'm definitely interested to see how that goes. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> but uh, how long how long have you been a guidance counselor and a head uh, not a head coach but a high school football coach? So this is my this is my second year um, as a guidance counselor, but I've been working in education. Um, this is my nineteenth year in education. I uh, started as a substitute teacher back in 2001. So, and I've been all over the place since then. But, uh, and this is my 20th season uh, coaching football. So, what made you, like, want to be a teacher and get into the education, like, field? Because I, I had two people that were pretty influential in my life at Cactus, and that was Coach Fagenheyer and uh, Coach Trout. Coach Trout was our boys basketball coach. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and they, they just had a, an impact on my life, and, and uh, you know, I wanted to do for someone else what those guys did for me. You know what I'm saying? Just, just kind of give back to the community, you yeah. know? Well, since this is for, like, my education's class, and obviously there's going to be a lot of people who want to be future teachers what is some advice that you can give to these college students that <laughs> like you know, that are going into this career field like just something that you would tell them about this don't do it no, I'm, just <laughs> <laughs> I'm just playing no, I, would, I would tell them man go go for it go after it with everything you got I mean it's, it's you're not you're not gonna get rich but it's just so rewarding you know, when you build relationships with the, with these kids and, and, you know, it's when you, when you touch someone's life or when you change someone's life, you know, like I was teaching seventh and eighth grade special ed at a middle school and, and, uh, you know, it was, a it was in a part of town where, uh, we had a lot of, uh, I'll say immigrants for lack of a better word, but it was a lot of, a lot of, uh, turnover, uh, with, with, uh, people from Mexico so we had a lot of uh, we had a lot of gang members on our campus and and with these kids it's not it's not that they chose it it's that they were born into it you know what I'm saying like I had one kid in class that you know his 
his dad was a part of one gang, but his uncle was part of a rival gang. Oh, wow. You know, and yeah, and, and this is what he was born into. So he was born into the MS-13s, which is what his dad was, but he yeah. didn't want to be a part of it. So we'd sit down and talk, and, you know, I, I, I tried to, you know, he told me that he didn't want to be a part of it, so I gave him options of, of things he could do to try to get out of it, you know. And so he, he eventually came to me one day and said that, you know, he was, already, he was actually getting out of it, which I don't. I didn't ask any questions on how or anything like that, but it was just, it was nice to be able to, to reach him. You know what I'm saying? And, yeah. and hopefully he, I, I wasn't able to keep in touch with him when I left there, but hopefully he's, he's doing well. And, but it's, it's things like that, you know? And I mean, just even the relationships I have with, with your friends, like Scott Jones called me today, yeah. you know, just, just, just to talk, you know, or, or when I went to discount tire and, and grant, Oh, I don't think I told you, but yeah, I went to discount tire to, to get the air checked and my tires had to, low tire pressure light come on and you know grant was working on another vehicle totally stopped and came over to say hi to coach lee you know oh, what i'm right, saying yeah. and i haven't seen him in a while and you know tell mahal i, I tell mahal i said hi you know or you know just like even you know garrett and uh garrett griffin helped coach my youth team and we were talking saturday night and they're asking you know when you're coming home you know i haven't seen mahal in forever you know just yeah. building these relationships with these kids and, and you know and, and being able to stay a part of their lives into adulthood you know, it's it's that that that's what it's about for me. So would you would you say that's the, in your opinion, the best part of this career field is just being able to impact the like younger people and just impact people in general just by doing this job. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I mean, the, and the thing that that uh, that sticks out in my mind a lot too, I think about probably every day is you know, I uh, message Makai probably about a year, year and a half ago, something like that on, on, uh, Instagram. I just told him I was proud of him. And, you know, he told me that I was someone that he's always looked up to, Yeah. you know, so just, just stuff like that, you know, and that's, you know, just like Coach Beck and I was a second father to me, you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. it, it's those, it's those types of things that make education and coaching rewarding. It's not, it's not the pay. And, and, you know, this is, you know, it's a conversation that, that we've had also is, you know, don't go into, a career for the pay go into the career get find a career that you feel rewarded at the end of the day regardless of how much money you make does that make yeah. sense yeah yeah so now i got just some questions about like some things going on in the world just kind of like close this out um so how do you feel about corona covid19 how has it affected you Uh, what do you mean? I uh, tested positive. Uh, well, that, that's what I was going to say. The closest <laughs> thing that, that it, the closest thing that it, that it came to affect me was you testing positive. You know, yeah. and Myron and I had to go get tested because we were out there that weekend or whatever. But I mean, other than that, other than me thinking I had it a year ago before anybody even knew what was going on, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but it's, not the, I mean, honestly, I'm not, I'm not fearful of it. Um, I think it's something that we're going to have to learn to live with, like the flu or the common cold. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't think it's going anywhere. I do. Do I wear my mask? Absolutely. I do, you know, because I, I do follow rules to a certain extent, yeah. but, um, you know, am I afraid of, am I, and, and, and let me say this, I, I have asthma, you know, I'm, I'm pre-diabetic. I may be diabetic by this point. I just haven't gone back to the doctor yet. 
you know, so I feel like I'm high risk. But I also feel like if it's if it, if God says it's my time to go, then it's my time to go. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. me me wearing a mask or me, you know, staying inside quarantine is not going to dictate whether or not God wants me or not. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. So living in fear of some disease is not something that I'm going to do. Um, um, but, you know, for, for the sake of others, you know, I'll wear my mask, I'll sanitize my hands and do all that stuff, but it's not that I'm fearful of, of COVID-19. All right, yeah, I got you. Some people are going crazy over it, though. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely they are. And it, it makes no sense to me like that. <laughs> you know you know me. God God has final say in everything. So our, our lives are already planned out for us. We're just living it. That, that's yeah, the way I see it. I feel you. And uh, I just kind of want to ask you this question because I, I personally want to hear what you have to say. Just obviously you being someone I look up to and then obviously being out here and what has happened with the article and everything and then they're obviously I one of my the teammates T Z is also in this class. So I just wanna like as as a black man in today's society, like what are some things you have to say to like young men and women of color, like how to deal with or how to just kinda cope with the things going on right now in life, just from you growing up in it for so long. You know, it's crazy because, you know, I'm born and raised in Arizona. Um, I mean, believe it or not, one of the most racist states in the country. You know, a lot of people don't think so, but it is. Yeah. I mean, it was, <laughs> I mean, we didn't even acknowledge Martin Luther King Day until they won at the Super Bowl. You know exactly. what I'm saying? Was several years ago. So, I mean, it's just, and then obviously, you know, I date, I date biracially. So, I mean, that that's a, a whole nother aspect but exactly i mean at the end of the day all it comes down to is just loving each other man and and and, you know just showing each other respect you know no nobody is going to view things exactly the same way that you do um but that doesn't mean you have to hate that person you know um it's just about loving each other and, and and being respectful to one another and and uh it's okay to agree to disagree you know like the, the thing i'm seeing the most and uh, aside from the hatred is you know people are saying on facebook or whatever there's a meme out there that's saying you know you know what i'm gonna do after election day is get up and go to work like i do every day or whatever and I, that's all it is like it doesn't matter who wins the election you know just get, go about your life like you have been now i will say this uh, I, i'm I, I don't do politics like this year is the first year I've ever voted in my life and I'll be 45 and and a couple weeks um, but I do believe that some of some of the behavior of our president um, is the cause of some of the behavior of some of the citizens in this country mm-hmm. um, I mean there's been there's been 44 of the presidents before him and at our country was never this divided before yeah. so I mean it, 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 it speaks volumes you know to what people will follow um, I agree um, but I mean like I said it's just about loving each other and 
showing each other respect and you know you don't have to be ugly or nasty to people that that's what i don't like is is when people are ugly and nasty to each other you know and and you know not to to get way off topic but i can remember being a little kid and and you know my dad's pumping gas and some guy drives by and calls him a nigger just for no reason yeah you know like for it's not what? off topic at all you know and you know, I can remember being in second grade and a kid tells me, well, my grandfather used to own your grandfather. Well, first of all, it was probably your great-great-grandfather, mm. but still, like, that stuff is learned at home. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's it, it's taught, and the only way to 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 make a, a dent, and ra- racism isn't going to go anywhere. Like, I, I, I understand that, I know that. Racism isn't going to go anywhere. But the only way to make a dent is to educate people. And, you know, as long as, as long as our history, the history that's being taught in schools, elementary through, through college, is, as long as they don't touch on certain aspects of history, then there's never going to be an education on it. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I took a multicultural education class at, at Panhandle State, and I don't remember us talking about any racism, you know? Um, I remember talking about Native Americans. You know, it was like 1877 to present, which was what the mid 90s back then. Mm-hmm. So you got you got to tell me there wasn't any racism? Hell yeah, there was racism. Yeah, but it was it was never talked about. You know, and and that's the only way. That's the only way to even make a dent in education is to sit down and have productive productive being the key word have productive conversations about racism and to be honest with you 45 says he doesn't believe racism exists in this country are you kidding me yeah he's you know and, and 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 the, the the biggest problem i see is you know and again i'm not i'm not racist or prejudiced or nothing like that there i i hate everybody so <laughs> when i see white people speaking up on how people of color should react. Like, who are you to tell you, you haven't walked one minute in my shoes. Who are you to tell me how I should react to a certain situation? Yeah. You know, and, and, and like I said, I, I've been in education for 19 years. I've been coaching for 20 years. I played football from the time I was eight until I was 32. Mm-hmm. So I've been around all walks of life. Exactly. And I can count on one hand the number of people that reached out to me to see how I was feeling or what my thoughts were on everything that was going on. You know, and uh-huh. I, I can tell you, as on, on one hand, I only got five fingers on one yeah. hand. You know, I'm, I'm not abnormal. I can count on one hand the number of people that reached out to me. Wow. And the crazy part is, is like being a high school football coach, like, how do I talk to my players about this stuff when I don't know what they're going home to? Or exactly. I do know what they're going home to. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. So, don't how, how can I? Thing. Right, exactly. You know, and I'll, I'll never I'll never go against what your parents are teaching you. I'll, I'll never do that. Yeah. But I will try to get you to see a different side of what your parents are teaching you. Exactly. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, uh, to, to, to answer the question... It's it's about love and education, 
You know, it's it's about respect. And okay, you feel that way. I feel this way. We can agree to disagree, but that doesn't mean I don't love. You. I, and then I, I'm saying I love you as a human being. I love you as a person. I love you as my neighbor. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Exactly. I agree. I agree. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Well, that's all I got. I appreciate you speaking on that and just speaking to me in general about all the questions I have. Absolutely, anytime. Well, that is all I have. Thank you for listening.